Penn State men's basketball loses to Wisconsin in overtime, 79 to 74. And time to break it all down, see where the Nittany Lions go from here. Plus, get some impressions from Penn State football's media day on a live edition of Locked On Nittany Lions. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And yes, welcome into a live edition of Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, as always, Zach Seiko. And joining me on this show is Adam Sheets, special guest, Penn State men's basketball insider. Adam, welcome into the inaugural live episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. I appreciate it. Glad to be on the inaugural episode. I wish it was for better <laughs> reasons, but um, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, and today's episode is sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. That is FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. And uh, Adam, we'll be talking Penn State men's basketball in these first couple of segments here. And then uh, just get your thoughts really briefly on uh, Penn State football's media day. James Franklin, Marcus Hagan spoke to the uh, media, plus select football players as well. I thought there were some interesting tidbits from there. So we'll uh, save the best for last year because it's clearly not Penn State men's basketball uh, as they lose again. I, I thought it was interesting that they were a five point favorite to begin with. Uh, and, and now I, I, I kind of had them as a pick them leaning that. Yes, I, I sat here with you and said that I think Penn State wins this game. I, I really do. Um, but apparently they didn't play inspired enough. I, I thought Micah Shrewsbury would let a fire under them uh, and, and he doesn't. Uh, and the same things that just kind of continue to plague Penn State over and over in these situations. Uh, now 11 and two uh, at home. They suffered their second home loss. They're five and eight in conference, 14 and 10 overall. Um, and while I'm glad that the Big Ten Network raved about how Wisconsin padded its resume for the NCAA tournament, getting uh, some more quad wins. Uh, and here's Penn State now uh, kind of really actually Big Ten assumed that Penn State was going to be ahead of them based on their projections. Um, but now they've, they've fallen behind at this point. And I, and I don't know. I, I know what Penn State can do. They can win out to make the NCAA tournament. Um, but sitting here, that's so much easier said than done at this point. I, I really think they're a lost cause. Yeah, there's a lot that needs to go right for this team to even have a shot right now to make the NCAA tournament. That 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 loss is tough because of the way it happened. It feels like Penn State did a lot of things right. It's like they had that th fourth guy for the first time in Cameron Winter who shot the who played really well for a stretch. Miles yeah. Dredd gave him good minutes when he got in, in the second half. So it was weird. Like the things we said they have to figure out offensively, they figured out. The problem was the defense was still an issue for this team. That's going to keep Micah Shrewsbury up tonight, I'm sure, because, you know, when you look at it, Wisconsin is one of the worst offensive teams in the Big Ten. They don't score a lot of points. They come to Penn State, and in overtime, yeah. they score 79. In regulation, it's 68. They did really whatever they wanted offensively. Chucky Hepburn had a really good 
good game. Connor Asijan played really well. Obviously, Tyler Wall had a really good game inside. That wasn't going to be surprising as Stephen Crowell. He got in foul trouble, but was effective when he was in the game. It's just that's going to be the problem for this team. It's like everything went right offensively, but the defense is an issue, and this is something Micah Shrewsbury, that's his calling card. He wants this team's calling card to be defense, and that continues to be the problem, especially with the Nebraska loss and now this loss at home against Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin, when a Wisconsin team can come into your home arena and score, I know, granted, it had overtime, but 79 points out of the Badgers. Um, and you just, I don't know. I, you had, for now, both teams had four scores in double digits, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. I was going to you know say, oh, well, you know, Wisconsin had four guys in double figures. Well, so did Penn State. Um, but the difference was obviously that their their big name players ended up scoring more in those double figures than Penn State did. Um, Penn State also got into some of its own foul trouble. Jalen Pickett fouled out at the end. Seth Lundy was pretty close um, when your top two guys uh, really have to step back on defense. Uh, I just and Cam Winter, Cam Winter had ten. But at the same time, you know this is this is a pretty rough stretch for him as. Uh, Big Ten Network made it very apparent that uh, Penn State uh, Cam Winter he couldn't he couldn't find the bucket the past few games and that his eight points to start were already outscoring his total over the past four games uh, so that's that's pretty telling there but yeah it, the story here is the defense I I'm just at a loss with the way it, backdoor cuts. Guys are getting open. Um, Wisconsin, very good with its passing. And I don't know if that's just Wisconsin has good vision, floor recognition, or it's just Penn State just kind of being lackadaisical on the defensive end. And they just, they're just they just a step or two behind when it comes to uh, good ball movement. Now, Wisconsin is a very good passing team. Like, I'll give them that. They're a really smart team. They're a vet, they have a lot of veterans at key positions. Their bigs yeah. pass the ball really well. Tyler Wall's a great passer for his size. Um, but, you know, this is a problem. I mean, I'll take you behind the door a little bit. We had media on Monday, and then we went to practice for 15 minutes. They were yeah. working back door cuts. They wanted to try to figure this out, and they, they worked it a lot. And Coach Shrewsbury, I've never seen him that fired up in a media or at a practice this season when the media's been available to go to practice he was very motivated he was upset I'm sure as a lot of people were in that locker room with the way they played at Nebraska they were trying to get those things right and they were working that and I think I don't it just hasn't really translated I don't and the problem is it's not the freshmen that it's really been the problem the freshmen are having their issues but you have seniors making these mistakes veterans you expect that this is something you tell them to do something they're going to do it and they're going to do it right they're having these problems and it's tough for coach Shrewsbury to figure out they're the oldest team in the country and they just keep making these defensive lapses. There were a couple times where you watch the game and they get it to three and get it to two in the second half. You're like, oh, they're making a run, and then a defensive lapse right after, and Wisconsin hits a three or gets a lap, and then they extend that lead back, and they kept having to play from behind. They finally got there, were able to force overtime. They took the lead 62-59 at one point, but again, just not being able to consistently get the stops they needed against a Wisconsin team, as we said, that's not a juggernaut offensively. No, they're not, but they have assets that are just going to, you know, give headaches to the Nittany Lions, mm-hmm. right? Um, Crowell, it, it just it just felt too easy for him, mm-hmm. you know, five for five from the field. What what pains me, and this is you can see this on Ken Palm, if, if you look at the advanced statistics, uh, Penn State is just one of the worst teams when it comes to second chance points. Like you can't fling all of these three pointers 
and then just and then that's it. You know, it's it part of the because they say, oh, well, Penn State, you know, they opened up. They they had the couple of three pointers that they made and then they missed their next uh, six or seven, I think it was. And I'm saying, well, OK, I, they can miss them. Three pointers are not the most efficient shots like they're 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 pretty difficult to make when someone when a good defender's in your face. But the problem is, is that that's it. It, it feels like Penn State is automatically conceding a possession the second they fling that three and it doesn't go in. So Penn state's either got to shoot 50% or better from the field or, or they just have no legitimate shot against decent competition. Yeah. Cause they shot the ball really well tonight. Their percentages looked really good. Um, and that's going to be something you look at. And the problem is from at least the last two games, especially the only guy who's offensive rebounding is Kevin Jack. He's the only guy in there battling for offensive rebounds. I'm sure the coaching staff has told him, if you want to play on this team, you're going to have to do that. And he's answered and done that. But I think the one play you can point at and talk about the offensive rebounds is Cam Winters three at the end of the game. I mean, Cam struggled from deep and he gets a really yeah. good look at it and it doesn't go. There's no one there to even have an opportunity. There's, I think Jalen Pickett and Seth Lundy were down there, but they weren't in position to get a rebound or fighting to get in position to get that rebound. So they're not a team that's crashing the offensive glass as, as you said, with threes, there's going to be long rebounds. There's opportunities for these offensive rebound opportunities, and they're not getting them. I, that's a problem for Coach Shrewsbury. They've got to figure that out. And like I said, it's frustrating because you're right there in a game. Both teams are on the bubble. Both teams are motivated. We talked about Coach Shrewsbury was going to light a fire under his team. I mean, Wisconsin was got swept by Northwestern this season for the first time in like 27 years. So I'm sure Greg Gard had his team very motivated. Both these teams needed this game. And I think it comes down to one team has some veterans who's been to the NCAA tournament who know how to win these games and one team doesn't. And that's how they're able to win it. And I bring up the offensive rebounds. They actually did better than Wisconsin, mm -hmm. but it just, I don't know. Wisconsin felt like they had no issue getting the basket at Adam. Let's, let's continue this conversation uh, in a moment here uh, as let's pay some thanks to our sponsor. And that is FanDuel sponsoring this episode this year. The only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, and that is FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that is even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. Adam, this is this is really great. You'll get up to three thousand dollars back i'm not kidding you three thousand dollars <laughs> back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win so uh fanduel lets you bet on everything from money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown in this game uh personally i like the eagles minus one and a half i do i like them to win this super bowl uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook app is also safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more of FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. It is a live edition, the inaugural live episode of Locked On Nittany Lines. You'll be able to catch this later up on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, this is up on YouTube as we speak. Uh, Adam Sheets, special guest, Penn State Men's Basketball Insider. Um, and we'll get to we'll get to football in just a second. We'll save that for our last segment. Talk about media day, something finally, something football uh, in the news because men's basketball is just letting me down. Uh, we do have a comment here from Joseph. Uh, I know it's not really uh, realistic at this point, but what's the most realistic path we have to the tourney? Uh, 
kind of I threw my hands up in the air at the beginning of uh, of the show, Joseph, and I said, uh, "Good question. It's winning out, but that's easier said than done. They they really have no other choice at this point other than to go on a run, uh, win the Big Ten tournament." That's not going to happen, but it, it is okay. Like, look, if we're actually laying out what they need to do, they need, they, they could lose maybe one or two more games. Um, and, and that's about it. And then mm-hmm. they got to go on a run to the big, they got to go on a run in the big 10 tournament and then winning you winning the tournament locks you into an automatic bid. Uh, you don't have to vie for an at large, but Adam, I guess, realistically, we were talking about, uh, you know, getting a few more quad one wins, winning all the games that you should, uh, you're expected to, and then maybe push to the semifinal, but now it gets a little even harder at this point. Yeah, I think it's one or two losses left. I think it's almost a, now, I don't like to say must win in the regular season because you do get more games. So it's they're going to have to win almost on Saturday when they go to Maryland. That's their best opportunity to and get a Maryland's huge win. really good. <laughs> and Maryland's really good, especially in College Park. They're coming off a tough loss to Michigan State. So, you know, they're going to be very motivated. They went out there got down 15 nothing and came all the way back and lost at the end because kind of similar to the way Penn State did today just didn't have enough left to get the job done um so you know they're going to be very good you almost have to win that game you definitely have to beat Illinois at home get that season sweep um you have to find a way definitely beat Minnesota uh, you're going to get Rutgers at home you're going to go to Ohio State you're going to go to Northwestern you're going to get Maryland back at home there's a lot of wins there's only like you said probably one or two games that they can really lose lose and say oh they're still on the right side in the bubble in the conversation they're gonna have to win games in the big 10 tournament and the problem right now is they're the 11th seed in the big 10 tournament yeah, which means they're playing extra round. they're playing day one so they're gonna have to play an extra day which is not easy especially for a penn state team that's trying to figure out their depth so it's gonna be tough for this team they're gonna have to like we said there's probably one or two losses left that they could realistically have and still be in the conversation so they just got to make sure that they hand business take it one game at a time if you're in that locker room and hopefully if you're a Penn State fan sitting here right now that they find their way to get on the right side of the bubble so they're at Maryland this weekend a pretty quick turnaround normally they have a few days in between games but uh they're gonna they're only gonna get a couple days here then they have Illinois who they beat uh they're at Minnesota that's a road game uh normally I'd give Penn State the advantage here they're at Ohio State normally I'd give Penn State the advantage here but they're on the road uh, then they're at home against Rutgers later on in February. They're at Northwestern, uh, and then they play again. They host Maryland on Senior Day. Um, so, it, really, the, this this schedule looks. I mean, it's very difficult. I see them losing to Maryland. Um, I, I would like to think they beat Illinois, but I guess that's just me being biased. If I'm trying to be as neutral as possible, I think Illinois gets revenge. I think Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just Penn State was really you can't duplicate that performance you did uh, out in Illinois. That's, that's just too difficult. Uh, Minnesota. I think they win despite that being on the road. Uh, I think they lose to Ohio state. Uh, I think they lose to Rutgers. I think they lose to Northwestern and then senior day. um, I would like to think that you win with all those guys that are veterans that are going to be moving on, but I I don't know that that's still a toss up there. So Adam, what do I give them here? I'm giving them about a three and five record. Yeah, you're giving them three and five, maybe two and six and sometimes. So, I mean, like, yeah. 
it's not looking good because like like the weird thing it's the big 10 so all the games are winnable and all the games are losable so you know that's just the living in the big 10 right now yeah i i mean the games that they should win I, maryland's a tough one so that that's obviously not doable here they should beat illinois they should beat minnesota they should mm-hmm. beat ohio state because they're better than all those teams mm-hmm. uh Rutgers is tough even though it's at home but uh, you know hopefully the home court advantage will help out uh, Northwestern is much improved this year. I, I really, really I really like what the Wildcats have done, and that's a road game. So naturally, I would say the uh, biased in me, I, you know, oh, Penn State wins. But no, Northwestern's actually a lot better. Uh, and then Maryland at home, you just kind of chalk it up to home home court mm-hmm. advantage. So if I'm being an optimist, Penn State goes five and two down the stretch. But if I'm being realistic, they're going three and four at best. Yeah, uh, really. I I, th- I think that's where they are. So, Adam, this this just kind of crossed my mind um, because now that we've gotten you know more of an an in depth look you know down the stretch for the Nittany Lions, would they beat the team from last year? I think they beat the team from last year. It's a good game because it's a weird game. I mean, you're talking about contrasting styles, and yeah. I don't think you really see this. You're talking about the same program under the same coach from year one to year two and how completely different they yeah. play. Like, it'd be crazy. Um, I think they I think they beat the team from last year. I think, you know, John Harrow makes it interesting, but John Harrow's not a guy that's going to go down low and give you 25 uh, scoring. He'll get every single rebound in the game, I'll yeah. tell you that. Uh, but he's not a guy who's going to dominate offensively so I think that might help this team and they might just shoot their way into it like I said it's a weird, really weird game I think they're a better team this year than they were last year uh, and I think Jalen Pickett's a better player this year than he was last year I think Seth Lundy's a better player this year than he was last year I think Andrew Funk gives them a lot more and Cam Win- Winter gives them a lot more than maybe some of the guys they were playing last year like Sam Sessoms who had to transfer out I think you know those are improvements there at those positions so I do think this Penn State team's better and would beat that team from last season i'll say this it'd be close uh, it would be close. I, I agree with you because jalen pickett is a lot better seth mm-hmm. L- I, seth lundy i thought he was going to need the covid year uh he can he can move on really he's he's convinced me he's become a much more all-around player if he does come back he's doing it out of the kindness of his heart because he can he can make his way onto a pro team i don't think he's going to get drafted that's it's too no. tough when the nba only has uh two rounds so, Adam, let's pivot here. Adam Sheets, special guest, Penn State men's basketball insider. But, of course, you also uh, carry some expertise in football, and I like to think that I do as well. So uh, Penn State had a media day. Uh, they finally let you talk to the freshmen who are now second-year players in the program, whether they redshirted or they're true sophomores. Uh, they, they, don't, they don't give them kid gloves anymore. Uh, they let them speak with reporters, uh, and it was good to see guys like Drew Aller, Deny Dennis Sutton, Zane Durant, uh, you know, ba- Abdul Carter, basically all the guys that you didn't have access to now you do. Uh, James Franklin had a traditional press conference and you had an introductory press conference from Marcus Haggins. So uh, there's a lot to unfold uh, as far as everything that was said. Biggest thing that stood out to me, Adam, uh, I, I think was the fact that the just the quarterback room because that and the wide receivers, you know, with Marcus Haggins. But James Franklin said by nature, Drew Aller is quarterback number one. But he said that Bo Prabula is going to make this a competition. So here we go again. Trace McSorley and Tommy Stevens. And then Tommy Stevens transferring out because he didn't want a quarterback competition with Sean Clifford. Uh, Sean Clifford and Will Levis. And then Will Levis transfers out. So now here you are with Drew Aller, who's the pre- who hasn't been named the starter. 
but he's the presumed starter because of the way the depth chart was last year. But Bo Prabula is making it a competition. And if you saw Mike Yersich's uh, Twitter page, he posted mm-hmm. that Bo Prabula won the first day of winter workouts. So quarterback controversy, or am I, am I just being too much of a sensationalist here? I love Bo Prabula. I don't think you'll find a bigger Bo Prabula fan in the country than me. I love this kid. I think he's a great quarterback, Uh, but I don't think it's going to be a competition. I do think Drew Aller is going to really sit in as a starter. I think the great thing to hear about Bo Prabula and how hard he's working, he's making this competition is maybe Penn State has better quarterback depth than we thought they had going into the season. I think that's the big thing fans should be taking away right now that Bo Prabula from what we're hearing is he's pushing Drew Aller, which means he's obviously a guy that if, Drew Aller, don't wish injuries on anyone, but if he would start and then go down, you have a guy you could turn to and you trust. I think that'd be the big thing to look forward to right now. I don't think it's a controversy. I think they're really grooming Drew Aller. I think Bo's going to work his tail off and make this as close as he can, but I think Drew Aller, just the natural talent, the size, his ability, I think he's definitely going to be the starter for this team come September 2nd when West Virginia comes to Beaver Stadium, but like I said, Bo Prabula is a great talent. I've heard a lot of great things about him. I think he could be a good quarterback at Penn State if he sticks it out and waits till Drew leaves and takes over when he's out. I mean, that's obviously a lot to ask from a guy who came in the same recruiting class, but he's working really hard, and I think he's definitely going to make this as close as he possibly can. Yeah, and the timeline, uh, Drew hypothetically starts the next two years, mm-hmm. has a good career, can go into the NFL draft, be a first-round pick. That That's the idea. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Bo Prabula, who now has that red shirt, who uh, can can back up and, and basically so be the second string quarterback and then wait and then wait his turn. And and I think that Bo Prabula does have that capability. I do think that uh, he he can play somewhere else, but I'm glad that Penn State has him here. And yes, uh, James Franklin did address that in his press conference because somebody asked the the question, you know, do you need to go back to the transfer portal and get essentially a depth piece? And he said, in a perfect world, you would like to. He said, however, I am confident in the talent alone in this quarterback room. So uh, James Franklin, I think, is very honest uh, when he when he wants to be. Uh, and, and that was an honest comment there. They also I mean, they said that they're going to target the transfer portal again. Um, I thought Marcus Marcus Haggins didn't really say anything um, other than I, I like that he was personable. I like that he's a relationships kind of guy because the, the vibe that I've got from talking to people, other, other reporters um, is that Taylor Stubblefield just didn't have that great relationships with guys in the wide receiver room. And now you're getting kind of almost the 180 of that with someone who wants to be, I mean, he said, he's like, you know, I want to be able to be a person that gets invited to these guys weddings down the road. So it, it Marcus Haggins wants to be a coach first and a leader, but also down to earth as a friend. And, yeah, and I, think I think that you're getting that you're getting that now from from him. Yeah, and I think that's huge because I think that's the position everyone keeps talking about with them keep attacking the transfer portal is getting another veteran wide receiver. They got Dante Cephas. Obviously, they lost a guy to the portal going to West Virginia. So you want to bring another guy in. I think that'd be in a perfect world. And Marcus Haggins getting here late makes that an ability of now in this late transfer portal, he's going to have a chance to recruit guys that maybe he was talking to when he was at Virginia. And they're like, maybe I don't want to go to Virginia just because it's not a big football school. And now he's at Penn State. You really liked Coach. 
yeah. Higgins. So maybe you're thinking about it maybe a little more now. So there's going to be that opportunity. So I think he's a really good guy for everything I've heard. A lot of people like him around the program. I liked what he said in his press conference. The wide receivers seem to like him in his early time here. Obviously, he just got here, but they really like him. So I think that's a huge thing, and I hope he's able to be successful here because they've been missing out, as you said, when Coach Doublefield. I thought he was a really good coach, developed some good wide receivers, but they missed out on some of these opportunities to maybe get some guys in the portal that maybe would have helped this team develop and continue to get better. So it's going to be interesting to see how they're able to bring guys in because that's going to be huge here over the next month through winter and spring workouts and then getting that late portal additions. Well, once again, thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. Check out the brand new show on the Locked On Podcast Network, and that is Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Zach Seiko, your host, as always, of Locked On Nittany Lines. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Leave feedback, comments, any questions uh, that you want to have. Thanks if you tuned in for the first uh, live edition of Locked on Nittany Lines, and I think more of these will be coming uh, as I've been able to figure out the technical <laughs> side of it, so this was nice. Adam, thanks for the time again, as always, and thanks for doing this live. I really appreciate it. Uh, no one else had uh, want to do this alongside for the first live edition, and, and, and let the people know who are going to watch this on playback where they can keep up with your personal work as well. At Cheats Adam on Twitter, where you can find all the things you need about Penn State basketball and Penn State football as they continue to try to get things going. As you know, Penn State continues to try to march either towards postseason in basketball or towards the blue-white game in April. All right, Adam, thanks again as always. Appreciate it and can't wait for our next conversation. Hopefully it's an upset win over Maryland. Yeah. That'd be really nice. Yeah, it'd be really nice if we're talking about them beating Maryland. Thanks, Zach. Always a pleasure.